There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. and believers. So good to welcome you back to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and uh, wow, what a fun-filled week it has been. Welcome, welcome aboard. I'm super excited that you're here. We are uh, up for a lively one today. The uh, former global grand leader of the universe, uh, Bobby there, has been... um, been traipsing around America while uh, the other one is at home making videos and reflecting and really it came to our general attention that um, some very strange things had even even for Bobby some very strange things had been coming out of her mouth a, a number of things and also out of her Instagram or, or wherever she's posting these long florid posts about who actually knows what. So I grabbed our resident mental health consultant, James, who is a frontline practitioner with lots of years of experience, I forget right now. Uh, and, you know, just to, like, what is going on here? There are some some very strange uh, utterances, strange for anybody in the community. They would be considered quite strange, but particularly even in the circumstances of traditional evangelical uh, Christian life-centered dogma, which is just, you know, Bible stuff. We're going up, up and away here with Roberta Lee. So... This is a bit of a, a chat, a, a what the, a, I mean, under the New South Wales Mental Health Act where I live, there are basically three conditions where somebody would be scheduled and that's if they're a danger to themselves, a danger to someone else or a danger to their reputation. So you get someone like a Mercedes, it's all three, uh, then again, you know, the reputation stuff's kind of questionable. 
you know, it's for people that would behave in ways that they otherwise wouldn't and, you know, would, would embarrass themselves uh, were they not unwell. So I guess we'll all uh, keep that in mind and jump into this episode of Case Notes, A Visit from the Ancients. Hey, James. Hi, Tanya. How are you going? Good, good. Good, good. Thank you so much for taking time out of uh, your incredible busy working week to talk about, yeah, this situation before us. Uh, Look, I'll just jump straight into it. As, you know, as we've discussed, Bobby Houston has continued to make these very long posts. She continues to speak at events and for the average citizen, I think it's been pretty mind-blowing because, like, I just think about other celebrity examples where the husband's done things and the entire family goes quiet. You don't hear a thing. You might get a lawyer saying something, make a statement, but they certainly don't sort of carry on business as usual. Her husband's about to go back to court in three weeks' time for the closing arguments of his trial for concealing child sexual offences, and she's giving these speeches about what a hard time she's been through. And I'm doing that little monologue in case people aren't sort of up to speed. But, you know, the theme seemed to have been that it's been a really hard time for the Houstons. I mean, there's there's bits and pieces that I'll play. So, yeah, I was wondering if, if you know, we could grab your take on it. What have you seen so far? Well, I suppose for me personally, and, you know, in, in that professional sense as well, the more time goes by, the more I listen, the more the more I listen to, the more I see, the more I start second-guessing myself because I'm realising it just gets worse and worse all of the time. You know what I mean? The, I suppose initially I had some strong opinions and criticisms of them, but they just become stronger the more time goes by. The more rope you give them, the more they just about hang themselves, the bigger the hole they keep digging, the stuff that they say, the rants that they make. Oh, I mean, we have discussed before on this podcast, but, you know, possible kind of traits of different personality disorders that they might show. I think with uh, young Roberta here, we've talked about, it, uh, na- I mean, narcissism, that, that kind of lack of empathy stuff and histrionic stuff as well. I'm just looking at a little portion of what she posted a couple of days ago. And she says, so the month of June now awaits us. The defamation and quote unquote character assassination is at an all time high, which remains both astonishing and disturbing. We will walk into what awaits us with hearts fixed on Jesus, the one who walks ahead, beside, behind, the one who resides within and is supreme judge and jury on so much of what has been 2022 and the last 25 years. The 25 years would be since. So she knows. 1998 or so, yeah. When the first victims of her father-in-law Frank Houston, you know, first came to light. That's when people officially first came forward and reported Frank for sexual abuse. That's when, sorry, some of some of her husband Brian's charges date back to the knowledge of where, where they're looking mm. at the concealment. Some of them begin, mm. Mm. you know, around that time. So she's aware, but but it's defamation and character assassination. On that note, I have remained constrained by the Holy Spirit. Lack of comment or perspective is not because words nor perspective are lacking. So she thinks she's not talking much. Trust me, this woman is not remotely confused by the tempestuous winds of narrative and nonsense. We have remained constrained because we care about the well-being of people. The antichrist naysayers and self-righteous will say what they will 
on even that comment. But what they say ultimately doesn't matter. Only what the Lord says matters. There's a Please lot going on there. There is a lot going on there, isn't there? Please and help. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we probably need to rewind a bit because the the crimes that Frank Houston committed, and there are likely lots, probably the more you dig into, um, the deeper you dig, and then start asking the question yeah. how, yeah. how systematic his crimes were. Brian says that, you know, they'll never know. So they'll never know the extent of it. Probably the other, the thing that's also concerning and, you know, backtracking a bit as well is that the organisation and those affiliated with them, um, you know, Assemblies of God, Australian Christian Churches, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, I'm not going to substantiate this, but we know that there have been a lot of them who have actively conspired to cover it up. They think that they don't answer to the laws of the land. They think or they use the excuse that they only answer to God and therefore in their own minds they think that it's okay to deal with this stuff in-house, not by law and not through a legal system, which does not permit these yep. crimes to, to go undisclosed. Yeah. Moving to the Houstons, especially this particular person herself. Okay, now how do we sort of tear this apart? Because Yeah, okay. yeah. narratives well, and nonsense. It sounds like a children's book. Narratives and nonsense by Bobby no. Houston. They love that word narrative, don't they? But I mean, my the take on the way that she and he use the word narrative, it's really just a deflection. It's actually being used. They talk about this thing as if it's apart from themselves, the narrative. You know, when, when we're criticising yes. them, oh, they, they talk about it as a narrative, but there's no ownership. They, they, will, yeah. Yeah, they will not own what they've done and who they are. They refer to it as this separate entity or this separate amorphous thing. It's the narrative. But come on, what's the, the pure essence of this? There have been crimes against children, heinous crimes. It's been, yes. they've covered it up. They have responsibility. They need to take ownership. Yes, yes. Personally, professionally, I think they're incapable of it. And I'll cite a little, a bit of a quote, you know, I was out on the road a couple of days ago with a colleague of mine, he's a senior psychiatry registrar, and we were talking, you know, we were, it was a really good conversation, you know, we've been dealing with some really heavy stuff, and it was kind of a bit of a, bit of a personal supervision and reflection session with a bit of humour while we drove around, and, you know, I said, you know, we were talking about concepts like compassion fatigue, you know, when you're helping people constantly and there's so much trauma and there's so much grief and there's so much unwellness and the, the pressure of dealing that. And we, in a, in a therapy framework, we have to be on top of that. We have to have processes to be able to process our own responses and reactions to other people's challenges and suffering so that we can provide a service and not be crippled by it and also not fall into the trap of making it about us, right? So it takes its toll personally, it does, but you have to be able to work through that. And this guy said to me, look, you know, we don't have to always feel, you know, emotionally when we're working with people who are going through that. We need to be able to serve and provide a service and help and do what we're professionally able to do without falling into making it about us. Okay, so, sorry, there's, hear me out here. There's a bit of a point. And I said, yeah, look, I've got some compassion fatigue at the moment, but I know I can do it. I, you know, and then I said to my colleague, you know, sometimes I ask myself, am I a this, am I a that? I think, God, am I a psychopath? You know, whatever, whatever. You know, we were joking about it by this stage. And he said to me, you know, James, the psychopath never asks themselves if they are a psychopath or not. That's okay. not a, that's not a question that will even come into their narrative, you know. Whereas the rest of us, we're like, you know, if we do have a conscience, we, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, that's so interesting. And yet, Brian was happy enough to go and tell Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show that mm. Carl was a bit of a narcissist. So they know all these words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a very interesting kind of exchange, though, because I think you probably had the the clash of the narcissist. You had the upcoming young narcissist who was a challenge to the 
global senior worldwide, whatever the bloody hell he was, you know what I mean? So from this side of the Pacific Ocean, he and they start digging up the dirt to then throw the American narcissist under the bus, you know? So <laughs> it was basically, I think it was two narcissist butting horns. I know well, we digressed, I, but what I'd do you reckon? Argue, um, I'd argue there's a narcissist Olympics going on at the moment. <laughs> a lot of them, yeah, like, yeah. battling it out. <laughs> me, me. Um, and sorry, they, they so, yes. Got, they've got no insight to even kind of realise what they're, just what they're doing. Yeah. Okay, so she, I mean, this is a huge question for me that yeah. these people have enough money to hire the best PR and advisors in the world or close to it, and yet they continue to present themselves as they do. Is it this incapable kind of thing that you're saying or is it because there's the rest of the world and if they keep singing the same song and sounding like they're the good guys, well, they've still you know the rest of the world to infiltrate maybe there's you know one born every minute and you know a major fall from grace in those type of circles what actually enables them to pick up the pieces and start making money or having a career again is it by going down the contrition and repentance line or do they keep fighting and protesting their innocence and their righteousness and all of this sort of stuff. I don't know what works better from a marketing perspective. Yeah, and again, a big question beyond would you not, because I'm just thinking on that incapable thing, is that part of a personality disorder? Would you not reach out to victims, cut your losses, make an apology and show everybody how brave mm. and great you are to to be, you know, to reach out and do the right. I mean, that could be good for marketing and the brand too, couldn't it? It could be, couldn't it? Because, I mean, really, if we want to look at a little biblical passage said by someone pretty special, by their fruit, uh, you will know them. Uh, right. Yeah. So, you know, those of us who are looking at things quite critically, I think, well, you're just showing your true colours. And, I mean, it's even hard enough when if people are genuinely displaying compassion or, or, you know, philanthropy, or are they just doing it falsely? I mean, it's even hard to know whether someone is acting from a position of conscience or not. Is it really, do we need to know? I don't know, but they're not doing any of that. They're not trying to look compassionate or understanding or show any level of sympathy for those that have been hurt. All they're doing is just, it's kind of worse than that, Tanya, because I think there's kind of, a condemnation that's coming from their mouths. Yeah. It's worse than that. And they're saying that, you know, God's on their side and God's the judge and the what is it, the courtroom of heaven and the this, that and the other. What did we say here? The Antichrist naysayers and self-righteous. I guess that probably means you and me. Yeah, yeah. Right away. Yeah, right away. Um, we'll say that they will on even that comment but what they say ultimately doesn't matter. Only what the Lord says matters. So, well, hang on a minute. So is this God the God of all? Or are, are they, do they have exclusive? Yes. Yeah, exclusivity and, with this God, you know? And that's the end of the story. If if they say God said it, then that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else needs to be explained. I, I it, it continues to just seriously blow me away. When you hear stories of him, well, I sought God. This yeah. is what God said. So don't argue with me. And the same old thing that has happened through, you know, the church history age and whatever, you know, if you've got someone in power authority or a body or whatever saying that they're doing what God commands, well, you know, that's all right. People can be burned at the stake and yeah. a whole lot worse because... Yeah. You know, they're saying that God's sanctioning it. Now, I mean, it gets a little more um, colourful than that in terms of, you know, it's not just this kind of denial of uh, the reality of what's going on. Your husband's just pled guilty to a drink driving charge mm. where he blew an alcohol content of, you know, in our system is 0.23, which is in Australia would be nearly Five times, or the, five legal times the legal limit. Five times the legal limit, yep. 
In yeah. California, it's nearly three. Mm. There's no shame, apology, regret, acknowledgement of the damage that alcohol and drunk driving. It, he could have killed somebody. No, 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 nothing. No, it's the, the, the Bob was, Bob, I'm trying to remember that, what he was saying, something about a narrative again, I remember him saying, and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we, deflection. Like deflection. I don't it, have a drinking problem. It gets more kind of convoluted. She's uh, she talks. Bobby talks about having God moments in the last year or so. She's had sixty or seventy or eighty God moments, and then mm. not one of those moments did God ever say, "Hey, think of the children." Let me just play you a little thing yep. towards the end of a. Fierce and free with Bobby Houston. Some <laughs> church platform do recently. Always something more grand to be acquired, to be learnt, to be entered into. So February, driving on the freeway, having emptied our home of 30 years. Our home of 30 years. I mean, people do that, but I mean, it's like a lot. People, there's been a lot on top of a lot. On top of a lot. They're fleeing to California and, you know, for life. Yeah, I'm and getting rid of the Xenia suits. And I'm having this conversation with Jesus on the freeway, and I'm like, it's kind of joyful. But I'm sort of like, oh, Lord, I can't believe I've got so much stuff. Like, how can I have so much stuff? Because you took you know, everyone's money. Years, and then I'm like, Lord, I should be like you Mother couldn't Teresa. Stop shopping. I need to be like, I'm driving. I need to be like Mother Teresa. She only oh, had yeah. a shoebox. Don't let right? me talk like Mother Teresa. And then, typical woman, emotion. Nice. And then I got overwhelmed. Nice. I'm being mm -hmm. honest, girls. I got overwhelmed and then I'm like, <laughs> and you know what? Mm. It's like Jesus was there as I'm on the freeway, mm. but he wasn't alone. He had some other people with him, like maybe the ancients. And Miguel, Zenia. You know, been there, done awesome. that. And I'm like, um, I hear, I sense it. Like they're smiling at me. Like they know something I don't know. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> try it. And then I hear what? this this voice that this voice that says, mm. I know. No. I know when you've mm, no I have, I wrote it down. Wait a minute. I have to get it right. It's so it's just it's, it's I bit more. It was like this echo from heaven. Yes, you've lost much, but in order to gain what? I felt heaven say that you've lost <laughs> much but in order to gain what well gucci chanel I, like what the crown Hugo boss of an overcomer. the crown who is overcomer. heaven heaven is whispering you in this room <clears throat> heaven is whispering Listen, to her in christ you've suffered loss and it's your loss and it's very real and he sees it and he 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 sees it it's it's you know all what? about her. So back hmm. to, okay, so back to just, just just Jesus is driving down the freeway with Bobby and he brings in the ancients. What is going on here? Now, the best I can do, the yeah. best I can do with this is, you know, as an ex-literal Bible taking person myself, I mean I had to call up some of the people at the Hillsong Accountability and just go, excuse me. Is that not summoning the dead? Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that not sorcery? Is she, is she not witchcraft? Like, what is going Like, even I, Bobby does come from a Tongan background. She's from Tonga. And I don't know, like, a lot of Indigenous cultures have ancestors and stuff. I don't know if she's mixing uh, that up. Okay. So um, it might be like a pre-existing kind of a belief system or something. That... Really stretching the cultural link here. Mm. It's an odd choice of words, but please tell me what the difference is between this and someone who presents as acutely uh, unwell and thought disturbed and yeah. like hallucinations. The angel of the Lord, I'll find the clip, has been visiting her in the night and speaking to her. First of all, Tanya, can I ask, do you think she firmly believes this or is it is she crap? Is it crap? Like a start, you know, method acting or something? What do you, what seems do you make of it? Don't you think it seems to be very sincere? Yeah, look, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking so. I think she believes it, and let's call it a delusion. I mean, 
It's a fixed false belief. It's firmly held by her and them. It's unshakable. In spite of evidence to the contrary, they see it as a reality. And it's, you know, look, I, I suppose, look, I think it's a shared delusion within their church or denomination or whatever you want to call it. He doesn't speak like this. Brian doesn't talk with this fanciful... Fa- I mean, if that's legit, she's literally saying that the... Her comparison was that the angel of the Lord went to see the three Hebrew boys who had to go through a fire. So... Shadrach, Meshach and... Abednego there. Abednego, yeah. That's yeah. The I mean, who are these great heroes of the Bible for standing up for against wickedness or blah, blah? And... It's grandiose, though, to even compare yourself with them for one because what you know if we look at that bible story you know they took apparently took very clear stands against um you know quite significant oppression you know at risk of death whereas well i mean the houston's are just guilty of large-scale uh what's what are we you know all the expenditure what do we call that you know that racketeering sort of stuff yeah money laundering um, and misappropriation yeah, yeah money laundering yeah money laundering so crimes so they've committed crimes acts of fraud and now they're comparing themselves to some kind of mythological biblical heroes who were prepared to get burned alive for their yeah. faith and yeah highly grandiose it's again it's narcissistic but I think she's delusional. Because that's what I say. Because he doesn't talk like that. He is very much Brian is very much about poor him, and he can't believe everyone yeah. betrayed him and treated him so badly. But he's not having God moments. He's not getting visits in the night mm. and stuff. So he's what, playing the victim card. But what's that and, about? What's that extra kind of uh, Harry Potter stuff going on there? Or like the ancients and Jesus is. I mean, poor Jesus, right? Can you imagine? He's like, she doesn't shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please don't pray as hey, much. So she's I, having her chat with her, her, and look, you know, her interpretation of Jesus or whatever. And that, you know, they start there. And then he's brought his mates. So she's accusing God of bringing dead spirits with him mm. for her. And also, um, this angel of the Lord, sorry, I think there's only the one. So the idea is that God in heaven mm-hmm. says, hey, you, archangel, whatever, would you mind going and checking up on Bobby Houston in uh, Seattle or where she have, where she is at the moment or stop by the Bondi apartment and... <laughs> no, but, that's it, yeah. So what is that? What is that? Who are these people? So he's just, what, a garden variety narcissist and a bit malignant or something? And I think he's probably, you know, he'll he'll have the narcissistic injury going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, what happens then? Well, it can be quite devastating for the person with the narcissistic personality disorder when they sustain this, you know, uh, because there's this perception that they they love themselves, they're fantastic, they're larger than life, but really deep deep inside they're quite fragile you know they're quite shallow they don't have a really well structured or integrated sense of self and they're easily wounded now he's been wounded because he's been caught out and his world sort of largely crumpled and look you know these people can be in their own way um vulnerable and at risk when that occurs but hey you know it's often self-inflicted anyway she's sort of come out more putting up a juke so she's in fight mode he's probably in flight mode to a degree maybe this the perceived attack or assault on him she perceives it as on one on her as well is that how the shared psychosis stuff works you know when we talk about something that's a folie deux in, in psychiatry or shared yeah, disorder, there's it's when two or I suppose even more people can share the, a, a strong, powerful delusional belief. But usually when there's the two people that live this kind of delusion, there is the person, the primary deluded person, and then there's the, the secondary person who's sort of become incorporated in it and they start to find adapt and to it and believe it themselves but it starts with one person who's got 
the delusion. My recollection of that is that it can happen with, say, a couple who had, and particularly in the old days before we had technology, a couple that had migrated or ended up in a country where they don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. And perhaps yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the main communicator. And, and then if he's unwell or has, you know, these these false beliefs, then, you know, that the other person can take on and, you know, hear the voices yeah. too. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they can, can, you know, you'll probably have the first person saying, can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? I can hear this. And, you know, then the other person, yeah, 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 yeah. And they may not, but then they start becoming incorporated in it themselves and they, you know, I don't know, are they convincing themselves? Is it just a, a compensatory kind of a thing? And then they eventually find themselves fully enmeshed in it. That isolation <laughs> thing, yeah. So somebody's, mm. and, and, you know, these these churches isolate people. Great. So why don't, we, why don't we have a look at them? Um, let's look at this church, this Hillsong thing. Yeah, highly exclusive, a lot of power, a lot of influence, influence, you know. But they've got their own speak. They've got their own beliefs. They've got their own. It's, I think it's crap. You know, in hindsight, I think it's all largely crap. Moment of vulnerability. You know, I, I think, I reckon I've been deluded in the past. You know, that but that was with that whole church thing, the Hillsong thing, the Pentecostal thing. I realise in hindsight, God, I was deluded. I, I actually believe stuff that just wasn't real. I'm not talking about some basics in the Bible. I mean, that's probably another conversation. What makes something dogmatically sound? What makes okay. something a religion? What what Why is not the whole lot? Bull dust. That's another conversation. But Hillsong and the Pentecostal Church—they've got their own kind of uh, their own world, isn't there? There's a worldview. There's a belief system. They can say all of these things, and people take it on board. They believe yeah, it. Yeah. You know, language, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look. Here, I was thinking. Oh, if I did this, God would do this for me. Or if I gave this, God would give this to me. I mean, I found out the hard way that it's it's bullshit never really got anything out of it myself you know they all got it you know they got their lavish lifestyles but we were the ones paying for it and slaving our asses off to provide it to them you know it it just doesn't work like that but it's a delusion you know when you believe it so firmly and you've got maybe other people family and that they're saying this is not a reality but you can't Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. See that. I mean, that's just so hard with spirituality and faith yeah. and love and what is a delusion and what is seeing the yeah. best in people or giving someone the benefit of a doubt. I and know. I mean, look, you Huge know, conversation, we, obviously. how do we define it? You know, delus- a delusion is technically a false fixed belief. Or okay. belief system, it's firmly held, but it's usually inconsistent with our societal and cultural norms. And there's evidence to the contrary, but the individual or the people cannot see it. I mean, you know, it's a bold statement, but I would say that generally the Hillsong thing, the broader Hillsong thing, there are delusions involved in that. There are false beliefs. Definitely, yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. there's, you know, no, not everyone can be a millionaire who, you know, invests in kingdom builders. End of story, right? Like, yeah, 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 what? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then, you know, when you're kind of led to believe that it's all about God and God's doing this and, you know, all this sort of stuff, there's these kind of 
agendas are spiritualized and you adopt this belief that God's doing it, but God had nothing to do with it. I got in trouble the other day. It's a little bit off topic. I got in trouble the other day because I thanked somebody really, really helped me with some stuff with the pod. And, you know, we've had some tangible outcomes and I went to say like, thank you so much. Like if you hadn't done Mm -hmm. that, I wouldn't have got this far. And they said, give the glory to God. And I said, well, God didn't go out of his way to like sit down and talk me through stuff. You did. God doesn't put tomato in your sandwich or make your cup of tea for you. Hey, it's, you know, it's Tanya, it's the other person. It's, you know, I remember years ago, you know, I went off on some missionary activity and I couldn't afford it at the time. And, you know, I remember my grandma saying, you know, love, you were saying that the Lord provides, the Lord provided for you, but the truth is we were the Lord to you. (laughs) Well, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit all over the place, but there is this clip, again, from the same speech that Bobby made. Please, James, if I could get you to, to have a little listen. I mean, there's again, there's just so many different things that she says that, okay, look, this is the only way to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm being real. This is the real world, people. So what do you need to hear? What could I share? And when I was preparing this word for this gathering, this part of the world, but Lord, what can I share with them if I was just to give them three? Do you need to hear first? Do you need to hear perhaps, do you need to hear that the angel of the Lord, I don't share this one lightly. Do you need to hear that the angel of the Lord is your angel of the Lord? The angel of the Lord in Old Testament, Daniel, the Hebrew boys, fiery furnace thrown into a fiery furnace, persecution, at the hand of society, at the hand of a very secular, wicked Nebuchadnezzar. Do you need to hear that the angel of the, that, that same angel of the Lord is your angel of the Lord? Because I heard that on day four of a debacle season. It's probably day 400 and something now, but on day four, I woke, and I don't say this lightly, I don't say this lightly, I woke with the angel of the Lord, his hand on my face, and I felt him say, enough now, enough now. Not enough as in disqualified, not, not, no, enough now. I will take this battle from you. I will take this battle. No, I'm not making up words. I will take this battle with others. And I felt in our circumstance, I felt the Spirit of God pick our bleeding, bloodied, slaughtered bodies off the field with our swords held high. And I felt him pick us up and carry us off the field, not disqualified. And he said, I will fight this with others. And you know what? Some of those others have taken a while to wake up. And that's where the nasty comes in. Yeah. That's where that question you asked before about um, does she believe this sincerely? (laughs) There's this vitriol right beneath the surface. Vitriol, yeah, vindictiveness. Mm. Uh, Threatening. I don't say this lightly. I don't say this lightly. My favourite one is the old um, I'm not making up words. Mm. What were Mm. the other two hours then? You know, people that go like, to be honest, and I go, yeah, what were you doing before? Can you please tell me what happens to her in the night? I mean, what's she's getting visitations from? What is that? Well, what is it? Yeah. Or is she just telling stuff that? All right, so could be a few things going on here. You know, you never get a straight answer out of me, don't you? <laughs> As you know, yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know there aren't clear cut <laughs> answers yeah. to um, you know, the range of mental health presentations that must come yeah. before you. So, yeah, I don't know. Go. All right. So, have you heard of the terms one, hypnagogic and hypnopompic perceptual no. disturbances? All right. Have you ever had the experience when you're drifting off to sleep, and you have this? You're not quite asleep but you think you hear something or you have an experience but it's in that kind of twilight state where you're falling you your leg and stuff yeah yeah 
same thing like when you're waking up. You know, I remember as a teenager, I um, I thought there was someone in my room, someone malevolent, you know, and they were talking to me. And then all of a sudden I, I actually woke up and I thought, oh, no, there's no one here. That was just while I was waking up. It was part of a sort of a dream and altered conscious state. So hypnagogic perceptual experience or disturbance, hypnagogic is going to sleep hypnopompic is when waking up. So, you know, if something happens to her in the night, there could be this kind of, you know, nonsense kind of stuff happening in that kind of twilight state that, you know, feeds in with her belief system and she thinks it's real. Or, I don't know, did she dream something? Or is it really, again, this whole delusional false belief sort of thing? And they're great, you know, I mean, they're great, aren't they? The Penties, and as a former one myself, plucking a, an isolated verse yeah. out of the Bible and making a whole bloody, here's this word, narrative around it, right? Or it could just be complete BS, you know. It could just be she's made this up so she can do yeah. an impressive gobbledygook sermon to be vindictive to people and justify their own behaviours or whatever. Tell me about her bruised. I mean, the only response I, I, it, that I want to yeah, yell at her is, I mean, yeah, you know, please, where there is any mention of anybody else apart from them in that. that so they're in this terrible, they're on the battlefield, bruised mm, and battered. Wounded, yeah. Randomly? Mm. Did they just arrive there to wake up there one day? Like? There's no mention of victims that might be bruised and battered and bloodied and need a prayer and maybe would like a little bit yeah. of an angel. I like the Bible verse that, you know, if you suffer, it should be fair. You know, if you're persecuted or whatever, it should be oh, yeah. for your faith, not because you've meddled and caused trouble. You know that one? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. And love yeah, your enemies. Good. There's not a lot of that going on, is there? But, yeah, they're claiming that they've been victimised, that they're martyrs, that they're suffering for their yeah, faith. But, but we all the know that the reason why they've come unstuck is because they've committed wrongs or they've covered up, tried to cover up wrongs and they've been exposed. Which is a wrong in itself. And it's not like, you know, there was that bad comment one person made one day on air and they've been thrown out and misunderstood, which happens to people. This yep. is... You know, one criminal appearance for a high-range DUI from him. Current court matters criminal soon yet to be decided of a mm -hmm. serious, serious nature. Uh, and then there's, oh, yeah, the whistleblower documents outlining all their extravagant, disgusting expenditure at other people's expenses. Misappropriation of funds and money laundering and, yeah, well, yeah. You haven't mentioned the women that made complaints against her husband of a serious sexual nature that is still kind of out there in the other. I mean, the chutzpah, the height of this woman, like what is, what is this? And she needs rescuing and she needs the angel of the Lord to battle for her. Oh, it's a local court. It's only the Downing Centre. I don't know. That we... Yeah, exactly. And I mean, look, you know, even... Even the theologians, you know, more um, conservative theologians would have a problem with that kind of um, speak, wouldn't they? You know, if we talk about, you know, Old Testament theology and stuff, you know, there's this notion that the angel of the Lord was like a, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. Or that's what they... Yeah, they, there's what, some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So kind of like she's not even, she's not even theologically sound, you know. Because, I mean, hey, if, if Jesus then apparently came later on as the, you know, as God incarnate, that that kind of put the angel of the Lord a little bit out of business. You know, that was been, that's been and done. Yeah, she's, okay. not, she's not biblically or the theologically sound, even according to their own. So this angel retired at the end of the Old Testament? Well, I mean, that's my understanding of it, okay. you know. Look, I've, I've done some theological and biblical studies myself in the past, and... Yeah, that's kind of yeah. He's he's had his day. He's he's got his superannuation now, and uh, just retired in heaven and stuff, kicking back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we yeah. don't see them again, do we, in the New Testament? No, no, no. 
No, no, no. They're no, busy in the Old one. Testament wrestling people till dawn and stuff and then. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, so is it, I mean, I'm just sitting here wondering if these are, you know, they start off as simple beliefs. You have this relationship with an eternal God. They're quite extreme beliefs. And I wonder if this stuff escalates over time until mm -hmm. you mix it all in with heaven and, and running the world. What Look, I think that's a, that's the kind crazy. of the, for those of the sort of come out of it, and you know, it takes a hell of a long time to come out of it. You know, there's a lot of stuff to be undone, constantly questioning what you used to think and what you used to believe, and think, oh my God, I used to actually believe that, and now it's rubbish. It's as kind of a self-sustaining bubble, isn't it? That whole system, you know, it feeds itself. It's like. It's like the cow that drinks its own milk in a way. It's <laughs> it well, remember we were talking about before. So the belief system is that you have this absolute connection with God. He can speak mm. to you like how she's chatting to Jesus down the freeway again. Um, and then what God tells you <laughs> is truth. And, yes. and that's the terrifying part for me, is you know, that these people can say, I went and sought God. God said this in yeah. the story. Yeah. What about the one tenure where, you know, like someone's, I don't know, they've got a fair bit of money, they're going around the world trip or they, you know, and they say, oh, the Lord's blessed me, the Lord's blessed me. And End of story. What about some other person who's quite devout in their faith and they're working their ass off trying to provide for their family and they're really doing it tough and they're struggling? What? So God's not blessing them? No. It's, it's, and that's where that whole, you know, Protestant work ethic, Pentecostal, prosperity stuff falls down the old you know if yeah. hard work were blessed by god then women in africa would be billionaires yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so I know. I know that doesn't cut it with me and i mean what are the what are the kind of the more important things at the end of the day you know yeah I, I, love I, and compassion and doing good and you know resisting the temptation to be selfish and <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't lose it, Jesus. I can't lose it. I can't start crying. On a... mm. it's, do you know what I mean? It's so delicious. Just a sec. Bobby has described having this warring mind. All right, let me just see what have we got. But he will never require what you are unable to bear because he loves you. He is good, good shepherd. Okay. And if it is going to crush you too deeply, he is there. And I say that because in January, my heart was breaking yet again. And I have to make it light. Wendy, just give me a couple of minutes. I know you don't really care. But honestly, sorry, that's the worst thing that our guest speaking can ever say is give me a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Please just, I. So, sorry, so quickly, I think that day four of the debacle she spoke of is um, when he, uh, Brian had to resign because if we're on day 400, that takes us roughly through to May, a year and a bit. Her heart's breaking in January, I'm guessing, because of the whole, the whole, you know, that little trialy wily thing that he had to go to in December. I have my, have you ever done that? You've got a face down up the bed. I don't know if we want to do this. And someone is massaging you or giving you, you know, a treatment. I've got and bad images in my mind. I got mind overwhelmed now. with emotion. It's like something triggered me and it just came down like a truckload. Sort of massage. And I'm lying <laughs> on the bed and I'm thinking, I can't lose it. Jesus, I can't lose it. I can't start crying on a massage bed. So she has some awareness. I'm having a breakdown and then he'll bring out all the crystals and the reiki. And, and then she'll get demons. It'll just become terribly awkward. So I'm having this wrestle with my face down the hole, but I'm dying. <laughs> I am actually dying. So she knows Reiki and crystals are not on, feel Jesus but the ancients right are. With his face okay. right down by the hole. Now Jesus has come which to see Which massage parlor was she at? Around. He actually said, can you do this for me, Bobby? Can you do this for me? As in, I know I am asking a lot, yep. but can you do this for me? And what my spirit sensed was, if you can't, if this is too much for your heart, Were you going to help? I will lift it. Oh. I will lift this burden. And the minute so why ask it? the voice of God says, can you do it? You go, yes, yes. And the minute what, I say run? yes. I mean, that's, it sounds like a great massage. Neil, <laughs> this is an exact, no, I've had that happen in acupuncture and stuff. You start crying. They don't care. They don't care. But she cares what the massage person thinks. Hmm. Uh, a lot. 
and begs Jesus and then Jesus comes to chat to her and says she isn't facing execution in the morning over her face. No, no, no. It's just a massage table with who was it? Well, I don't know where it all starts and ends. Angel. Um, Angel. Just call me Angel of the morning. So, so why does she get to say that she had an auditory or visual hallucination and that she can now make decisions for what? And why does Jesus, like, how, did, how does she know it's Jesus? I don't well, know. Sorry, I'm just exactly. like, it's just. I don't know. Maybe it's a different entity. Well, it could be one of the ancients. And then she, yeah, and then it's all good because God said it's all good. And what? And, and God feels sorry for her or something. Jesus is like, I know I'm asking you a lot to put that Amex card down, not ask for money anymore. Just for a minute. No. Or oh, what was it? What, does she have to go back to court in June? And I'll be there. <laughs> or what? <laughs> yeah. Again, this is just James thinking out loud. Perhaps those in these type of churches or from these kind of backgrounds can quite easily delude themselves hmm. where does it come Perhaps from got 50 years of it yeah out at 50 years yeah yep belief systems are held very deeply you know with you know our, our opinions are they can change you know they're not so deeply held our our personal values are fairly deep it takes a bit to kind of shift them but beliefs are firmly held otherwise they're not beliefs so how do you get to the point where you're having these kind of ongoing conversations and yeah maybe it's an access tenure but you know there's this kind of the the time and the i don't know what the intensity of the narrative or the whatever you want to call it the the system the belief system the theology the the stuff that's promulgated and preached you know i think the the more you have it over the longer period of time i mean you know and a typical cult phenomena or behavior is when a cult is falling apart or their leaders are you know falling from grace and the whole thing should really be falling apart the adherents the devotees are more likely to hang on even more tightly okay. and to, re- to okay. realise, hang on, this is crap, we're out of here, you know. The majority will initially um, hang on to it even more tightly. And it's fantastic how she then takes, like, obviously wonderful, a lot of people meditate, go to a massage, get a, you know, 60 minutes, mm. lie there, you know, not allowed to look at your phone and, you know, meditate, mindfulness, whatever, you have an experience. She translates that. And jumps onto stage and goes, this is what God told me. When that happens to you, so when I share my delusion with you, you make sure you do it like that. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it. (laughs) And that's, I guess, how it all happens, right? Yeah. Now you get a room of people to acquiesce and kind of. I wonder what happened after that. Was there an offering taken up or something? I don't know. There's (laughs) two hours of it. I mean, I, you know. I'd rather sit and watch Titanic again or something if I'm going to torture myself. I'm yeah. sure there'd be an offering at some point. She does say goodbye to no, grab that. Jesus gets in his Thunderbird and drives away or something. Hang on, let me just what? find this, this lovely bit. Uh, where were we? At the end. And I'm like, <laughs> try it. And then I hear this, this, voice, that, this voice that says, I know. Okay, so just this bit here. One. So some of you in this room <clears throat> listening, in Christ you've suffered loss okay. and it's your loss and it's very real and he sees it. Mm. It's the, we're exchanging it for the crown of an overcomer and that is profound. Mm. And I felt that I heard that mm. from the Spirit of God in heaven and all those ancients who've gone before us saying, yeah, you feel like you've lost a lot or you're losing a lot, but look what you're gaining. Paul said that I suffer it all but loss. I count it all but loss mm. for the prize of the high calling mm. of Christ Jesus. Mm. And then, of course, God is a restorer. Mm. 
So let's never forget that. God is redemptive in everything he does. Stand with me, girls. Yeah, I just went a couple of minutes over. The band, we go out with a declaration in Jesus' name. If any of that tonight, any of tonight, made sense night, at all, resonated with your heart, made. just put your hand on your heart. And then she puts her hand on the right side. It says, <laughs> grabs her left hand. <laughs> and that's fantastic. Oh, dear. Oh, After she... the 50 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't yeah. know where her heart her is. Her heart is. Well, that, that says it all, doesn't it? Or even how to fake it. Yeah. Yeah. If we talk about the heart being, you know, like, well, you know, our culture is if her, where our soul, our integrity, our you know, the deepest part of it, <laughs> it says a lot by doing this, doesn't it? That you know, complete but, opposite. Yeah, yeah, there ain't nothing there. I just wouldn't be rushing forward after that altar call. I'd be probably calling for the CAT team, quite frankly. Yeah, crisis uh, assessment and treatment team, yeah. yeah. People yeah. wrote comments saying, thanks, Bobby, and really needed to hear that today. Really inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bobby. Well, mm. I think I'd be sending about 500 questions instead heaven whispered something to her she had an echo from heaven she has god moments she but she can't let the massage therapist see her cry i think it's it's good to um think on these things and be thankful for our you know our own sanity of sorts isn't it in a way in spite, i find um, her very dangerous yeah it, it's strange language she, Coercive. You say that too. I mean, she's instructing people how to think, what to think. It's that's, highly manipulative, isn't it? It's, I found it's it threatening. Threatening. She holds it, you know. Yep. And I don't say this lightly. And then she waits, and it's the angel mm. of the Lord visits me. And there's a kind of a neurolinguistic kind of quality in it, isn't it? You know. Yep. Uh, yep. The tone of voice, the things that are said, and the certain gesticulations. It, it is a a misuse of power and i think it's kind of condemnatory of people it stops them from daring to challenge or think what's really going on here and and that's that's kind of a, another aspect of abuse that's been long-standing in some of these churches probably all of them really it's the threatening people that if they think <laughs> That if they dare to think, if they dare to question that, you know, they're at risk from heaven or the court of heaven or right. God or the angel of the Lord or whatever it is. And it it really does allow abusive persons and systems to continue in those behaviours. Yeah. Because the presumption is, and it's easy for us to see here, but the presumption is that, you know, she's an experienced leader. She's high up in the world. She knows things. So even if I'm not afraid of the court of heaven today, I've just found out it exists. Mm. What, what else it mm. might be? And what mm. if I get visits from the ancients? What will they think of me? Yeah. Is there also the online shopping mall, the he you know, of heaven? Is that... uh, the, oh, the what the limitless that gone out of, black that Amex gone out of card. Business? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rodeo Drive, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think Fairmont Resorts are available there as well. <laughs> Dustin, just it's just unbelievable that she can show her face after what she's done with the money, let yeah. alone carry on on a stage. I think we've got to we've got to be grateful for or just hope that there are more people who are seeing through this. You know, seeing it for what it is. You know, maybe starting to ask themselves the really hard questions about faith and belief and what it really means and, um, you know, maybe blowing some of these systems apart. You feel a bit alone. You think, oh, what did I believe in all this time? You know, who is this God? Is there a God? You know, these sort of questions. It's, it's okay to ask them, you know, because if you can kind of be honest with yourself and ask the hard questions, I mean, if there really is an all-powerful God out there, what, do they not want to be kind put to the test? Like, I mean, let's let's imagine something really stupid, you know. Imagine I'm God, you know, right, for example. <laughs> that sounds really presumptuous. But would I want people to kind of make sure they're getting the real deal? You know, if there really is an all-powerful benevolent God, would they be afraid of people 
wanting truth and goodness. And really, if there is a God like that, uh, is Bobby Houston their uh, person of choice? Like, is this the, the way it mm. should be? And that's not even being personal, you know what I mean? Is this prosperity yeah. doctrine yeah. the answer? And it's just not. I mean, on a different note, she, I think in that um, discourse of hers, she tried to compare herself to Mother Teresa. Oh, there's a bit of that. A good book to read about Mother Teresa, and one called The Missionary Position. Yeah, by yeah. Hitchens. Have you ever read that? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, Mother Teresa is renowned, or is controversial, but she was uh, very disciplined in Calcutta. But as soon as she, you know, fell ill herself, it was straight on the plane to Mount Sinai, New York. So, yeah, yeah. If that's not a Houston, oh, I don't know what is. And she didn't mind people suffering she no. thought it was um good for them and they, they had plenty of money in the coffers i mean wouldn't you like want to be re really passing around the paracetamol and the blankets and the, the you know, yeah yeah you know i don't know i just think alleviating suffering is what's required not promoting it and, 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 and it. No, i'm bringing it back exploiting it exactly bring it back to these people you know what tens of thousands of dollars a night in resorts while while there are other people who are just in dire need i i, I don't know i don't get that so you know it it, it reshapes my worldview mm. it, yeah and i'm i'm personally glad to be out of it yeah oh, you want you'd want nothing to do with that exactly that, you know well, hey, thank great, you so much great talking to you yeah thank you yeah. thank you have a wonderful this evening no Appreciate worries, you endlessly. See you again soon. Bye. Bye. Well, there's definitely a thesis or two in that. What department you would choose to do that through is uh, entirely up to you, though. Thank you so much, people, for listening to my hands being thrown up in the air. I mean, after all, these people... Uh, receive all kinds of tax benefits. They continue to, regardless of their status uh, within that organisation. And, you know, come on. Does, there should be a line somewhere drawn. Somewhere? No? Anywhere? As a bit of an update, uh, there's been a little bit of controversy with that Vanity Fair documentary that was released last week and again Friday night uh, via Hulu. Now, I've got a lot, lot more to say about this documentary, but wow, I'd be really interested in what you guys think as well. It um, it started so well. It, it began as this incredible look at power and different levels of power and how people are affected by it and how people act it out when they've got it. And it was really going so well and then the most recent episodes three and four three is really heavy if you haven't seen that it, it is you know at least i don't know 75 percent about child sexual abuse and uh then episode four to me is like a coca-cola commercial for carl lentz and his son loving family and it is absolutely not anything that those of us who well as far as I know those of us who participated had any idea that Carl Lentz was even going to be in this thing and then when it came out we held hope against hope that it was going to be like like the first two episodes went some kind of analysis of power but it's it's turned into some kind of evangelical rom-com about this you know, this couple that went through a bad patch and this story has been told, you know, really deliberately to end with a, a really positive light with these people walking off into the sunset. And, yeah, Carl made a lot of statements, as did Laura. They've taken, you know, responsibility. They're saying the things. They've done the actions. It's, it's you know, it pulls on all the right heartstrings and absolutely these people have suffered in their way it just seems that this Vanity Fair has made that the theme as if yeah 
as if somebody put in for four fantastic hours of real raw emotion about a guy that went through a hard patch but now he's back with his wife and kids and he's going to do his darndest to make the world a, a, a bit of a brighter place if he can it's it's out of control uh you know the damage that he has done that the entire organization did on the east coast of the usa just kind of fades into obscurity we sit and have um lunch or whatever with uh, that beautiful house just by the beach and you know beautiful family so yeah gonna have a bit more to say about that in the even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Future, and there's a bit of a warning. For those of you who um, don't want to feel like they got set up again to celebrate the bad guy thanks for sticking around thanks for being you thanks for your messages your support as always helps me so so much to keep doing things and carrying on and making the kind of trouble that we need to make as you uh go through these various exposures and conversations you know make sure to be kind to yourself and take time out there's no rush to watch these things or consume any of this material it's not going anywhere so just look after yourself pace yourself look out for the person next to you you don't have to look after the whole world just yeah be kind to the people around you and we'll all just keep leaving hillsong and we'll talk very soon bye